Do you speak crowd lending? Welcome to our podcast covering the crowd lending industry. Our mission is to provide you with all the insights from this market and help you make informed decisions. I'm Gassen, co-founder and CEO of Acridius. We are a crowd lending platform based in Zurich, Switzerland. I'm delighted to host this podcast and hopefully bring value to all our listeners. Welcome everyone, my guest today in this episode number 14 of the Do You Speak Crowd Lending podcast. My guest today is Luca Frignani. Luca is the CEO and co-founder at Exalone. Exalone provides a global marketplace connecting institutional investors with digital lending platforms. It's a pleasure to have you, Luca. Welcome. Hi, Gaston. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Luca. Look, I already told a little bit about uh, Exalone, but we, need, we want to know more about you and what's your role within Exalone. Sure. I'm originally from Frankfurt. My background combines experience in fixed income and data science, uh, which is a result from various roles that I held on the trading floor at UBS and as a quant researcher and head of technology at different fintech ventures. So I guess you can say that I'm very passionate about two things, predictive analytics and financial markets. So I really enjoy analyzing data and then use these insights to build investment solutions. And eventually it was this desire that also led to the creation of Exalon. Uh, the whole story started about four years ago when Andreas, who's one of my co-founders and I, were working on a new investment idea for his quant hedge fund. And we were experimenting with investing some of our own money across several lending platforms. And uh, after a while, we realized that this was not only a great investment opportunity, but also an opportunity to set up a new business that would open up this asset class to institutional money. And then we started looking deeper into the technological aspects that we would need to solve and also some possible legal challenges that will probably come our way. And that's when our two other co-founders came into the picture. So a professor for machine learning to do the number crunching and a seasoned lawyer for specializing uh, who specializes in banking law. And uh, both of them had crossed my path before. And uh, when I told them about the project, they were both as excited as I was. So the four of us worked on this for quite some time. And then finally, almost two years ago, after a lot of preparation and development, uh, Andreas, Greg, Tom, and I decided to to take the plunge, set up a company, and uh, that's how Exalon was born. So I'm one of four co-founders, and my role specifically as the company's CEO is to run day-to-day -day operations and make Exalon the global go-to marketplace for investors in digital loans. Excellent. Very inspiring. And one of the things I see on Exalone is something that is called Loan Sweeper. It's, it sounds as a very innovative tool. Can you tell us more about it? 
Yeah, so uh, what you discovered there is uh, our product. It's um, the, the the analytics platform that we're developing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our loan sweeper platform is uh, a tool that connects institutional investors, so like banks, asset managers, pension funds, with digital lending platforms in a global, transparent, and standardized B2B marketplace. Mm-hmm. And uh, the main idea is to provide one interface uh, through which uh, then these investors can source, can score, and then also fund millions of individual loans across different lending platforms. And that way, build up their own loan portfolio based on their individual sort of investment goals and targets. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the product, uh, where it's been under development, so that's uh, essentially for, for a couple of years. So that's uh, essentially uh, where we started out with a couple of, or like these, these three or four years ago when I met Andreas. And um, the product is unique in the sense that it features, uh, you know, standardized credit score per borrower. Um, it, again, access, uh, features access to individual loans. Um, we do an independent platform assessment before actually onboarding new platform players. Um, and uh, you can also, as an investor, uh, implement a dynamic loan allocation. And um, so what's quite powerful is that it actually combines the possibility of running a fully automated and dynamic funding process with this loan-by-loan granularity, because we really think that is really the cornerstone of marketplace lending, which came from this peer-to-peer lending idea. And it's also a key ingredient uh, when you want to run uh, professional risk management in the space. Interesting. And, and how difficult is it really to standardize all these loans from, you know, from all over, the, all over the world and so on? Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yes, of course. So it's, uh, of course, uh, quite a challenging task. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, nothing that uh, data and tech enthusiasts like us are afraid of. Um, no, needless okay. to say, it's, uh, it's, it's of course, uh, tricky and it, it requires uh, definitely a lot of uh, tech capabilities mm-hmm. to also come up with the scalable infrastructure and yeah. data models that are flexible enough so that you can incorporate a lot of very different Sort of data sources uh, into one and then of course do all the standardization and then the number crunching um, but you know that's what we like to do that's what we like uh, that's Excellent. that's the challenge that we like amazing amazing and you recently uh, conducted a study on how digital lending can add value to an investor's asset mix actually right you told me mm-hmm. told me last time about it Yes, yes, right. You're right. Um, that's, uh, that, that's, of course, one nice piece of study that we took because the motivation is to shed more light uh, on, on the topic of digital lending in, in general, um, because despite some increasing awareness that we've seen in the last um, well, couple of months, particularly, um, and um, despite the attractive actually investment opportunities that are out there in the digital mm-hmm. lending space, um, the risk and the return characteristics of this emerging asset class, they're um, actually not really fully understood yet. And so we wanted to, we wanted to shed some more light on, on these aspects. And uh, one of the core findings and one of the most interesting findings is that the interest rate spreads uh, in the digital lending market, uh, they carry actually quite a substantial premium. So that's very relevant for investors. Because if they allocate capital to the segment, then they can earn this premium. And uh, so um, adding digital lending to the portfolio can 
um, can be a performance enhancement basically to your investments. And at the same time, we also found that um, digital lending has actually quite a low correlation to traditional asset classes like you know, equities, government bonds, corporate bonds, or real estate. And um, so in general, portfolios that include loans, uh, so digital loans in the asset mix, they tend to be better diversified and they also have significantly higher risk-adjusted returns. Interesting, interesting. Luca, at Exalon, you work with different um, platforms from all over the world, right? Um, sure. uh, for you or for any investor who wants really to, uh, to, uh, to, to choose one platform to use, what, what are the main uh, points to consider before really uh, going ahead? That's a great question because, uh, as you as you rightly say, the whole platform ecosystem is pretty fragmented. There are thousands of different platforms out there, um, and uh, so it's not really obvious which sort of are the right partners you uh, want to work with, and that also fit uh, to sort of your your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to uh, look at five different dimensions that I think are, are quite key. So those dimensions are the platform's business model, um, the company financials. So of course it's all startups, but the question is, you know, um, is is there traction in the business? Um, then of course the loan book in itself, right? And what's happened sort of in the past. Um, definitely KYC or any. Uh, compliance processes, if they are in place or if there are any concerns regarding that. And then, of course, the IT infrastructure, because it's for us in particular, it's relevant to be able to seamlessly connect. And so those are, I think, the, the five dimensions. But I would say these these dimensions, they're more like prerequisites. Uh, when, when you want to work with a platform, uh, I think overall investors really care about performance and also whether they can actually allocate enough money towards a platform. So ultimately, I would say, you know, loan performance and the capacity to source new loans from the targeted borrower segment. Those are the metrics that ultimately probably matter most also to to investors. Interesting, interesting. So uh, speaking of technology and, uh, I mean, it's it's really, I, I always tend to say that it's, Limitless, <laughs> but uh, what's what's your take on that? What's the future length landscape of um, crowd lending or digital lending in general? What what do you see there? So I'm pretty convinced that digital lending has extremely high potential and is definitely here to stay. Um, and uh, I think platform based lending, as it has been emerging, um, has enough traction to actually become mainstream going forward. Um, I think that this growth that's necessary, I mean, it's mainly dependent on uh, institutional investors accessing the space and scale. And in my opinion, um, I think a prerequisite for this to happen is that the infrastructure uh, in the digital lending space also needs to adapt a bit going forward. Um, because it means that, uh, you know, I see that I foresee that lending platforms will become the new loan originators of the future. Mm -hmm. They will continue matching borrowers with investors. That's great. That's what they're doing. They're going to continue pricing the loans, but I'm pretty sure that there is going to be a need for another party that independently 
sort of verifies the credit risk uh, of, of each loan and that there is going to be increased collaboration between lending platforms with these independent agents. So what I'm saying is that there will be an, someone like an independent rating agency entering the picture um, in order to set up or be able to set up a process that also meets the investor standards and requirements in terms of, uh, of course, compliance and regulations, because there's a reason why we do have, you know, rating agencies in established bond markets. So the future digital lending market structure I foresee is very similar to the, the one that actually already exists in established bond markets. Interesting. So let's give some perspective here. So we are recording today uh, this episode. We are October 20th to mm -hmm. 2020. And we are starting to see a little bit everywhere in the world some wave two from Corona, not very exciting news. But from your side, in your opinion, uh, how is this current crisis, in your opinion, affecting the, the, the direct lending, crowd lending? Yeah, that's of course the question that's sort of on everybody's minds at the moment uh, and a very relevant one, I think. Um, from what I've seen, the COVID situation has actually been a massive catalyst for digital solutions. And um, we've witnessed some really attention-grabbing deals in the fintech lending space in particular uh, over the past month, like AUX Money, like October, so massive fundraisings, massive funding rounds. Mm -hmm. So clearly the attention has massively increased. Um, the loan demand from borrowers has also spiked. So I would say the fundamentals are looking very good. It also needs to be said that uh, some players have found themselves at crossroads. Uh, we've also seen some platforms failing in Germany. And I would say that an additional point of this whole process that we're undergoing at the moment is that investor scrutiny over loan performance and uh, also risk management processes will likely increase going forward. So while the fundamentals look good, I think that the situation will nevertheless uh, be a challenge for, for the entire industry and a bit of a shakeout probably also from, from weaker players in the market. But overall, I think that the current situation despite it being very testing, uh, represents a great opportunity for digital lending um, to really firmly establish itself on the map of uh, institutional investors. Interesting, interesting uh, view on that. I mean, it's, uh, it will definitely be challenging times for, for everyone in the market, but uh, I share with you the, the, that part where you said the, the fundamentals are there and I remain very optimistic about it and I think... Yeah, but uh, I mean, you're speaking, uh, I would imagine, on a daily basis with institutional investors telling them, hey, guys, this is digital lending. This is, you know, P2P lending. How, how do you convince them? What are the main advantages you tell them about? Yeah, sure. So um, as, as mentioned, uh, what, um, what, what digital lending and, and uh, has some great characteristics it, it brings with itself. And um, so when you put yourself in the shoes of an investor, um, they are sort of uh, facing an asset allocation puzzle right at the moment. And it's also a low yield, low interest rate environment with, with low yields. So it's definitely tricky for everybody. So having an additional sort of puzzle piece that I can, that I can mix 
into my portfolio is definitely a plus. And um, so what's, what's very interesting about digital lending is that it's got a very short duration. It's a fixed income-like instrument. It's got very, very high yield due to these uh, premium that we're seeing on the interest rate spread. And you also can secure recurring income uh, because you get very often already also some amortization plus interest. So it would fit the bill to a lot of allocations. Um, so it's definitely worth a look. And that's what we see also um, is, is, is reflected in, in investor interest. And now on the other side, so let's speak about the private investor, let's say retail investors who are also interested by this asset class. They don't have the same, let's say, volumes, but it's accessible to them as well. So what, what would be your advice for them when, when they are starting, let's say, in this journey? I agree. So for uh, private investors, it's uh, probably a bit tricky because the first decision I have to make is where do I sign up? <laughs> so, um, I would say that, you know, uh, picking a, a platform that is uh, somewhat established, has a track record and also is trustworthy. is probably a good start. I would also pay attention to uh, the platform offering a nice variety so, uh, of, of, of different loans or of many loans so that I can, can choose from many loans because particularly if I don't have millions to, to invest, um, then I should aim at you know, spreading my money across as many loans as possible. Um, especially if I'm doing it for the first time, uh, because I don't want to be exposed to specific risk factors affecting one loan or even a certain class of loans. So my advice for anybody who's doing it for the first time and looking into the segment and maybe just has, um, you know, a thousand or two thousand francs to, uh, to, to invest, then try to still go for a maximum number of loans and also spread it out across different credit qualities because that's the return enhancer and probably also across different maturities um, just to get a maximum uh, maximum diversity into, into your loan allocation. Very interesting. Thank you very much, Luca. These are valuable uh, hints for, for our listeners, I assume. Um, Luca, now we have, uh, we have really a very, very... Uh, interesting topic that everyone who listens to this podcast, I also assume, is interested in, which is uh, what's what's your favorite fruit? I mean, if if in all this planet there are no more fruits and only one fruit that is left, which one would you like to have? <laughs> That's a bit out of the box. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna go with an apple because with of an the- apple. Yeah, as we all know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> and uh, an, an apple is also very traditional to, to Frankfurt. So uh, okay. some of the German, uh, German listeners might, might know this. So Frankfurt is very famous for its cider, the Apfelwein. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> if there is only one fruit on this planet, it's got to be an apple. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you're not the first one who chooses the apple. Apparently, we have uh, the, the apple choice is very correlated to, <laughs> to crowd lending or digital lending in general. We'll figure out that one day. Um, Luca, thank you very much for all these uh, insights. Anything you want to add at the end? 
Nothing in particular. Thank you so much. It's been really a blast. Thanks for having me. And uh, if you ever want to do an empirical study on the correlation between apples and lending platforms, <laughs> it's ongoing. Oh, oops, I should not have said that. Anyways, <laughs> thank you very much, uh, Luca. Thank you, everyone who are uh, who is listening to us. We are recording this uh, podcast via Zoom. I think for this time, there were no notifications, not, no disturbance. So I congratulations, Luca, for that. Thank you, everyone, and stay safe and see you in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks again for staying with us until the end. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media so you never miss an episode. Please don't hesitate to send us your questions and comments at acredius.ch. Thank you.